Hello, my name is Bonnie Grace Gilday Kennedy, and I'm the owner of Grace of Healing, where I serve as an Akashic consultant and healer. My intention for this podcast is to serve as an inspiration to you finding your own healing through self-love. Together, we will spend time exploring topics that lead us to a deeper understanding of what self-love is and what it looks like for each of us as individuals on our own journey. I am especially excited about interviewing inspiring guests whom have created great feats of healing for themselves through their own acts of self-love. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of Self-Love with Grace of Healing. It's with great pleasure that I bring you another season of this podcast. Thank you for the time and energy it takes you to be present to listen. I'm grateful for the honor of connecting with you in this way. This podcast today is dedicated to everyone, and especially the people I serve, whom have suffered or continue to suffer from mental illness. My hope is that this podcast would help folks understand that they are not alone. Mental illness can talk you into believing that you are the only one who has ever felt the way you do. And that feeling can lead to a lifetime of isolation and loneliness. But before I get too far into this podcast, I want to share with you the estimated number of people in this country who suffer from mental illness. The research I found is pre-pandemic, so we know this number is much greater. In 2019, it was estimated that about 21% of all Americans suffer from mental illness. 21%. That means one in five people meet the criteria in the DSM-5 to be diagnosed with a mental illness. When you think about this and how huge that number is, it's estimated that 10% of Americans have diabetes and another 10% of Americans have a cancer diagnosis. So the number of people with mental illness is equal to that of all people in this country with diabetes or cancer. Thinking about that many people suffering makes my heart hurt. There is, of course, differing degrees of mental illness, and the focus on individuals with a diagnosis is generally surrounding that person's capacity to cope with and function effectively in our society and in their own lives. Of course, that in itself is loaded with judgment, isn't it? I personally have many connections to mental illness. I grew up in a home with two severely mentally ill parents. Their diseases created an atmosphere of fear, violence, and trauma in my childhood home. I do have complex PTSD from those experiences and other experiences as an adult. My diagnosis of PTSD is not a genetic disorder, 
There are some schools of thought surrounding ancestral trauma, but that trauma to me is all part of the karmic cycle and not the focus of this podcast. I can certainly address ancestral trauma at a different time. Another way mental illness has been present in my life is professionally. My history and my desire to ease suffering for others created an attraction to the mental health field. During my career, I started as a counselor and served in an administrative capacity for the abundance of those years. I continue to serve as an advocate for people with mental illness. In addition to those 20 years, I've spent these last eight years focusing on healing work for myself and others. This work is spiritual in nature, and it's my belief that spiritual health is a very important part of our mental health. My point in this is that all parts of my life, personally and professionally, continue to be affected by mental illness. I've always considered my story as just one of the stories of a person surviving childhood or other traumatic experiences. As my healing continues, I find it valuable to share my story with others because it helps them put a name to their own experiences, supports the idea that people with mental illness can be happy, productive people, and it removes some of the stigma and shame from what we know at least 20% of Americans suffer from. This morning in meditation, I received guidance to create this podcast and speak about my own PTSD. I am being honest with you when I say I'm feeling vulnerable talking about my own mental illness. That being said, I choose to move forward. So my symptoms and triggers have come from many experiences and my reactions are dictated by the degree to which I feel safe, both emotionally and physically. You are welcome to look up the symptoms of PTSD in the DSM-5 if you wish, but in my own experience, it lacks a lot about what a person who suffers with PTSD actually experiences. Those few symptoms are there to support a professional in getting a diagnosis so they can bill insurance companies. Nothing wrong with that. It's just not a very complete description, in my opinion. My own PTSD symptoms have shown up in many ways throughout my lifetime. One of the most common of my symptoms was dissociating. Me drifting away from the present in my mind. My mind would drift far away. The noises around me would begin to fade and I would leave the present and just go away. I would be unaware of what was happening in the present physical world around me. I would stay for however long I was there. I never had an idea about how long I had been gone. And when I did come back, I would be confused and not understand where I'd been or what was going on around me. It was as if I would visit an alternative state of being, right? I would be somewhere safe. The skills I learned through that symptom now serve me because it was through that state of dissociation that I had first begun to connect with the masters and my capacity to connect with them and channel 
has been the biggest gift of my life. Another symptom of my PTSD was a paranoia about all people. As a child, I had a parent, an ice cream man, a teacher, and a neighbor abuse me. I was afraid to be alone with anyone who was older or stronger than me for many years of my life. My hypervigilance was debilitating. I had to know everything about everyone in my presence. Others speak of finding doors, exits, or what they could use as weapons. I would find all those things also, and I'd watch every move. I would constantly try to figure out my next part of my plan to keep myself from getting hurt. I was in a constant state of feeling unsafe. It was exhausting, and I didn't even know I was doing it for decades. I had entire nights of sleep filled with nightmares. I would hide under my bed and in my closet because I was afraid someone would find me and hurt me, both day and night. I medicated my feelings with alcohol and drugs beginning at the age of 11 years old. I don't know how I didn't become an addict or alcoholic. It certainly runs in my family. I certainly had a reason to run from reality. I fully acknowledge grace in those experiences. I had such an overwhelming desire to control my body that I suffered as a teenager and also as a young adult from an eating disorder that made me unrecognizable to my own family. One of the most difficult symptoms for me was the belief that something bad was getting ready to happen at any moment, every moment. This led me to attempting to control all the people around me and all the things around me to keep myself safe. For most of my life, I people-pleased so that others wouldn't harm me physically or emotionally. Yeah. I lived my life until my 40s on the PTSD continuum of fear and anxiety and debilitating depression. By debilitating depression, I mean not getting out of bed for a week at a time because I was too tired to take a step toward anything that might make me feel more fearful. I would consistently think and dream about suicide. I am grateful I didn't kill myself. You must be wondering how this could happen when I had this career Right? I had a family, I had a career, yet I would run to my bed because I couldn't, I had zero energy to deal with any more of life. And I would stay in that bed for a week at a time until I could get up and move. I found help and I did get better to a certain degree. I had a professional teach me how to manage my symptoms enough to function to a higher degree, but there was no healing for me. And I wanted to stop feeling scared and sad all the time. I did stop looking for help because I believed what I was taught, which was that I had to live with my symptoms. I'm so grateful for the part of me that did not give up because since that time, my personal and professional experiences 
have led me to an understanding of PTSD that goes beyond what is traditionally believed. My experience has taught me that it is much more complex, of course. PTSD does affect the psyche, but it also affects the physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies of the person experiencing the trauma. Because there isn't any aspect that isn't affected, there can't be any aspect of the person that goes untreated in order for the person to heal. Again, because there isn't any aspect that isn't affected, there can't be any aspect of the person that goes untreated in order for the person to heal. Those of us who suffer from PTSD, we deserve more than the capacity to function. We deserve to be more than our symptoms suggest we are. We want to live healed, valuable, purposeful, self-directed lives. The possibility of that happening increases when the most complex areas of us are addressed, the energetic and spiritual parts of ourselves. When I address PTSD on an energetic level, I see energy that has become stagnant in the body of the person. To begin moving the stagnant, traumatic energy out, there has to be work to balance the person's energy system. The chakra system is the energetic filtering system for our bodies. The system must be opened and cleared in order to create space, releasing the old stagnant energy. Clear, healthy energy can then be channeled through the bodies to create a flow in the system that promotes a feeling of calm and lightness. If you want to work on the chakra system and clearing out old stagnant energy, there are additional ways to do it. Some other ways to release that energy and the way that I healed myself with the support of the masters is through meditation, breath work, yoga, especially kundalini yoga, and any kind of exercise. Because of this energetic component, talk therapy does not move people beyond a higher level of functioning in healing their energetic bodies. This is important because of the way the energetic body affects the physical and spiritual bodies. The reason clients heal from the work I do with them is due to channeling and moving that energy out. This applies to all energy, including sadness, grief, anger, or any other emotion that has the capacity to get stuck, especially fear. I can't emphasize enough how important this aspect of healing is. It has the largest effect on the spiritual component of PTSD also. I want you to understand that you don't have to have any certain kind of belief system in order to understand this concept or to receive spiritual healing. When you experience a trauma, the psyche, physical and energetic bodies, as well as your soul share the experience. When you're overwhelmed and naturally can't process the trauma, your energetic body or chakra system becomes stagnant. I just spoke about that, right? Well, that stagnation creates this like a schism between your energetic body and your soul body. That lack of flow creates a separation from you, your soul, and whatever power greater than you that you believe in. That feeling of lack of connection feeds into the other symptoms of PTSD. And this is the loop that's difficult to step out of because it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it. 
but this is a normal reaction to an extraordinary event. Again, it's a normal reaction to an extraordinary event. You respond in this way because you are normal, not because you are, in quotations, crazy, right? Even though that may be how you feel. I want to emphasize the fact that you have the power to heal. But this is a normal reaction to an extraordinary event. You respond in this way because you are normal. Your mind and every form of who you are, every part of your body, the energetic, the spiritual, the physical, the psychological, it's too much for it to manage. But you do have the power to heal. Also, sometimes the opposite happens. I know that you know these cases also where people live through an extraordinary event and they have absolutely no belief in anything outside of themselves. And then whatever the event is allows all this energy to shoot through their bodies and they have a huge spiritual awakening. And it changes their lives. It's like all the energy has been cleared out of the way and every part of them can communicate with every other part of them. And so they have this beautiful spiritual awakening. I totally, I do not discount this experience. And I believe it to be true for the same reasons that this other is true. That stagnant energy blocks our spiritual awakening. Living from the soul has been and continues to be an experience that makes me feel joyful regardless of my circumstances. And I wish that experience to be present for all people. Because I have an awareness of how difficult this mental illness is to deal with and the hopelessness that comes with it, I wanted to share with you the ways my PTSD has been managed and healed through my own spiritual practice. I don't know that I will ever be far enough away from that experience to not remember what it was like, but I have so much gratitude to not be reacting from that place. I do know that healing is possible and it is my wish that you please share this podcast with anyone who may benefit from this information. It is time for healing. I would also like to give you the number of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 800-273-8255. Again, 800 800- Two seven three, eight two five five. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Self Love with Grace of Healing. I ask that if you are suffering, you reach out to someone today who can support you. Peace to you. For more information on self love the Akashic Masters, or this podcast, you can go to www.graceofhealingnc.com. Audio and music production is by Linda Go. To connect with her, you can go to kamalacove.org.